0: Welcome, everybody. This is the Health Skill podcast, and I'm excited today. We have the wonderful Raven Grace here. He's an outstanding movement teacher and he's also a breaker. How are you doing, Raven? I'm doing great. Just got back from camping on the coast in
1: Tasmania. So I spent a couple of days out there enjoying some nice cold swimming and mountain walking. Yeah, it was good were you butt
0: naked in the water there or did you wear something and-
1: yeah we were butt naked you know there's a the saying here in tassie keep tassie wild so we have to uh, oblige
0: <laughs> So uh, I want to honor uh, Raven one more time here. One time when I came into his class, his presence there, it's shining. And I think it's a certain quality in you being a teacher, you know, you're you're spreading this quality to everywhere around you. And everybody's like, oh yeah, this, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's really here in this very moment. And I wonder, you know, what's your secret in there? Can you enlighten us? I think the
1: secret is just being present with the people there you know i just really want everyone to be seen and to be heard i think that's one of the most important things for any teacher or any you know so much of the time it doesn't matter what the method is you know i could be teaching someone maths or teaching someone acrobatics but it's giving someone time and like giving them all the time it's not, it's not the things that you're teaching them but how you're teaching them so just taking the time to be calm and give them space and You know, they bloom on their own. It's pretty good, really.
0: Where did you learn this? Where did you discover this inside?
1: I think actually it was from fishing. Like I used to fish a lot when I was a kid. So I'd always sit by the ocean and, you know, you have to listen, you have to look. It's kind of like you have to be responsive to what's happening. Yeah. And my first breaking teacher, he would do yoga and Qigong. And he would do lotus and then do the breakdancing moves. he fold the legs. And then he said, if you want to get flexible, then you've got to come and um, learn yoga and Qigong. So he just taught us about listening and breathing and taking our time. So I think, yeah, it just stemmed from that. Yeah, just, just wanting to really listen and hear other people, see how they're going. That's
0: wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Right now, uh, let's go somewhere else. What about your Instagram name, The Nourishing Nomad? Are you a nomad? Well, not anymore, obviously, <laughs> like everyone else is stuck, but um,
1: it actually came, I had a food cart, Um, I called it the Nourishing Nomad, I used to push around vegan food in Melbourne, in, a, in another state in Victoria, in Australia, and uh, when I had the food cart, I'd have people play music, and I had people do salsa dance, and I had acro yoga, so I had all this thing which was like nourishment that was traveling, so the nomad thing was the traveling part, but unfortunately, ever since I became the Nourishing Nomad, I never really had a house for a long time. <laughs> so it was only like every two months I had a new house. And then I decided to travel the world where I met you in Switzerland. And yeah, it just kind of fit like the Nourishing Nomad, travel, plant some seeds here, plant some seeds there, and then move on. So hopefully for a while now I'll be um, settled and nourished. <laughs> But I, I look forward to you know seeing you guys again and yeah reconnecting with other people.
0: Thank you. Um, what what are some cons to this life when you're leading uh, this life, or also what are some pros? You know you already mentioned some pros pros to this life, right? Um, and I can re- really re- connect to these pros, but all I also wonder what are some cons? Yeah. So some cons are that.
1: You only have a short time with the people that you meet. So you know, like I met you guys for a short time and you make really good friends and then you move on and it just seems too quick a lot of the time. Um another one is never really knowing where you're gonna stay, um what you're gonna eat next, where your next job's gonna be. So um for those that don't know, I left Melbourne with $50 and a one-way plane ticket to Western Australia. And I made it to 18 different countries. I had no savings. I had no, I only had a pair of thongs, uh, like flip-flops for people out there. <laughs> not not the not the underwear, but the shoes. <laughs> and um yeah, like sometimes I got stuck. Like I got stuck in Israel, I got stuck in Bulgaria. Sometimes I'd only eat twice a day, sometimes only once. And then other times I'd be eating a mighty feast with different people so it's just yeah taking a risk and living an adventure but yeah that's
0: some of them that's wonderful you know uh, really living your life like you want to right
1: i think it's that's one of the cons is um when you want to do the adventure it's good and sometimes you get very tired you know so so things happen life things happen and you don't have the choice to take a rest Mm -hmm. so if you did the nomad life and you had a bit of savings and a backup then you pretty much sorted, you got the best of both worlds. Mm. Um, but it's in those vulnerable yeah. moments that you really learn about yourself and other people as well. So there's also I think that comes back to the first first thing you said about being calm is I've been through a lot of different things in my life where I've had to be quite vulnerable. And
0: so I am calm and handling pressure. Yeah. Great. Let's come back to breaking. Why is it called breaking for you? I kind of like wanted to write breakdance at one point and you said to me, oh no, no, write breaking. Uh, can can you uh, tell me why why this is?
1: Yeah, so originally the term um, was breaking or b-boying or b-girling in mm-hmm. the culture. Mm-hmm. And then when it became part of the media for different things, they called it breakdance. So mm-hmm. I do not particularly mind too much, but uh, the people... Mm-hmm who I learned from and things like that. It's important to them. So it's about passing passing that lineage on. Wonderful. So a breakdance, uh, like with the name, would be someone that just spins on the floor, crashes into things and breaks things or something like that. It's got this kind of negative image in a (laughs) way. Whereas now with breaking in the Olympics for Paris 2024, it's a good chance to kind of rebrand the culture as it originally was. Mm -hmm. And so the term breaking means to like go off like... It was to the breaks of the record mm-hmm. um so technically they are break dances as in you know you're dancing to the breaks like a classical dancer would be dancing to classical music which would be another name for a ballet dancer mm-hmm. but um it's just that the negative association that's being put put with it that some
0: people would like to remove but for me i don't mind i just
1: whoever i meet you just show them what it is with who you are, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, clear. you mentioned there the Olympics in Paris. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about like uh, the breaking there going on? Yeah, so it'll
1: be the first time that breaking's part of the adult Olympics. It was in the Youth Olympics before, a couple of years ago, but this is the first time. So it'll be a one-on-one tournament competition and dancers will be judged on a bunch of things like their style, their musicality, how tricky are their moves, how explosive are their moves. So in breaking, you have to be athletically fit but you also have to be an artist. So not only do you have to be the strongest in the world in a certain area, but you also have to be the most original. So that would be one of the criteria. Um, I'm a part of it at the moment, as in I'm part of the Australian Breaking Association, which is a group in Australia trying to organize events so that we can decide who's going to go. So I'm representing my state in Tasmania. It's a small island in the bottom of Australia. And But I would like to compete there. So I'm training a lot, getting fit, getting healthy. That's my goal. I'd love to compete there myself.
0: Wonderful. So So lots of wishes to you that you reach that. Yeah, we got you back, right? The friends that you meet around the world got you back. So reach out to us if you need some. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Let's take a step back. Let's go back to your roots. Where did you start with breaking or how did you start with breaking?
1: Yeah, so I grew up in a small town called Early Beach in Queensland. So that's another state in the north of Australia. So we have snakes and crocodiles and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, when we were at high school, we were doing partner dance. And there was a dance called the heel and toe. So you go heel and toe, heel and toe. Da, 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 da. And then you put your link arms with someone and you go around in a circle. And in the middle of that dance, one guy got down and he started doing a coffee grinder or a helicopter. I don't know. You've seen that move where you swing one leg and you keep jumping it? Uh-huh. Yeah. So then we we caught we cornered that guy after school and we said, "What what is that? And he's like, oh, it's breaking. <laughs> So, so then from there we didn't have a teacher to start with and there was no internet back then so we watched music tv on the weekends and we had vhs tapes and we would tape like a red hot chili Peppers song that had half of a move so you'd see half of a move and you had no idea what the other half was <laughs> so then you had to like imagine how it would happen and we also had these shows called um the from the arts council which is uh, different artists would travel to all the small towns and do a performance in circus or things, and would go with our school. And one show, I was looking at this guy's body, and I was like, I reckon he can do breaking. So I waited in the toilet and I waited for um, my school to leave, and then I went backstage and like, what are you doing here? I was like, can you do breaking? And he's just like, oh yeah, I can do flares. And I need, to, I was like, can you show me? And he's like, yeah. So he showed me a couple of moves. And. Um, that's how we would learn moves originally. Like we'd have to travel and actually meet people. You couldn't learn from home. Yeah. And then I had a subscription to a martial arts magazine. I used to do Muay Thai kickboxing. And in this subscription, they had Capoeira, which is like the Brazilian dance where they do the kind of movements, which is similar to breaking. And some of the roots are from there as well. So I ordered a VHS video from Brazil. Didn't have any English. And then I would, like try and learn some moves from <laughs> this. <laughs> and then it was two years later that we met um, our teacher, Scope, who was the guy that would do yoga and Qigong. So from that point, breaking was always associated with health. So it was dance and health were together. And that was kind of the kickstart, breaking with my brother. Great. That sounds amazing. Have you tried as well, Marcel, outside of my class in Switzerland?
0: Not as much. Uh, you know, I am I did some capoeira. Uh, oh, so... Cool. So other than that, uh, I didn't try breaking so far, but maybe the next time we come around, you can teach me some more. Of course, I tried it together with you on YouTube, you know? I, I have the internet already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so I'm wondering, you know... Um, how did the fun part change when you're kind of like uh, going through your career and everything like not right now you're preparing for the Olympics? How much fun is there still? In the beginning when you're starting off with breaking and um, you remember like, oh yeah, this were the uh, days that so you had to VHS and everything and we tried to figure it out and bring it together. And right now it's more like, oh yeah, how did it change? How How did it evolve? And is it still as fun as it was in the beginning?
1: Yeah, that's a good question um it's definitely changed throughout the time I think the, the most fun time was in the beginning and recently like it feels like it's done a full circle so when we were beginning this is how I first started teaching was me and my friend were practicing at a gym and these three kids that would come and they said can we learn and we said no like because we we've just started we want to teach them and they came for three weeks in a row and on the third week I'm like all right you can stay and I, we'll teach you for 20 minutes what we know and then it's an open class because you know we didn't we didn't know much and, and in 3 weeks i had 50 students so wow. like <laughs> i was like okay i guess i'm teaching this now and that's how <laughs> i started t- teaching and then i used to teach for free for maybe a year and a half two years like in my hometown just just teach the kids and then we organized like fashion shows and shows at the f- the carnival and I never had any dance lessons before that and then I was trying to mix music on the computer and then making shows and and it was actually the best time like the thing I loved the most was seeing people develop like and having people to do things with together you know like having that crew feeling like having everyone together you've all got the same goal and you can't wait to see each other again and like, oh this person's learned this move and this person's learned this move but more behind that like this person feels more comfortable in who they are Yeah, you know, this person's being more open this person's being more trusting like those are the things that were really great but once I finished high school I wasn't sure what was next and someone said they were going to a dance school for uni I was like, you can go to dance school for uni like that's sweet so I, I went she, I said which ones and she gave me a list and there was one with someone doing a breaking freeze which is a breaking position where you're holding yourself still like an arm balance in yoga or something and so I made an audition in a squash court. I didn't have a dance studio and I went to Melbourne. And as I went to Melbourne, my brother took over the dance classes. He's five years younger than me. And until he finished high school, we still had that group together. But after that, everyone in the, went in their separate directions because you have to leave the small town in order to work. And then, so going to Melbourne, doing professional dance school, I did jazz and ballet and tap and contemporary dance and flamenco and all these different things for four years um, at a high level. It was pretty crazy and pretty intense and it came about never making mistakes and it came very technical and very rigid rather than fun. It wasn't as fun anymore. And then, yeah, just a few life challenges, like which is all part of the journey. Getting involved in the breaking scene, but not with my friends. I realized that I actually didn't care that much about breaking itself as much as I cared about enjoying the company that I was with or doing it how I like to enjoy it. And because we'd learned breaking with health, and then going to a dance school where that was just um, breaking and not much health. <laughs> yeah. And then later on, I studied shiatsu. So a lot of people there were into health and things like that, but they didn't always have full vitality because I'm more relaxed and into meditation. And I really needed that blend of both, which was being active and strong, but being calm and about health as well. Um. So doing that journey throughout my life, breaking come in and out at different times. Um, and then now living in Hobart, since the lockdown, I started to just break straight. And the counsellor approached me and asked if I'd do a project called Breaking Isolation, mm-hmm. which is meant to bring people together. And then before that, there was only four or five of us in Hobart breaking. And now we've got a group of like 21 people,
0: yeah. which
1: is cool. So that project is bringing everyone together. And I think that was what I like, started to bring the fun back again was dancing with everyone. And at the moment now, I've gone back into solo mode as I focus on the Olympics. Um, but I'm definitely missing the people that I used to dance with. So that's the next project. Once I, I was just healing up an injury, I got run over by a car last year. And so, yeah, training for the Olympics, healing an injury, and then bringing the community back together. That's the goal.
0: Lovely. You definitely have this this quality in one way. As you're telling that story, like in three weeks we had 50 people and then you're telling the other story. Like, yeah, first we are five, then we're 21. You're, you're kind of like the pillar of the community because you really, really like to have the crew around you. Do you kind of like identify with this or? I feel like that's definitely the case when I'm doing what I
1: love. Like mm-hmm. if I really love it and I'm doing it and it's the right direction that works. So... When I went to teach chakra yoga for the first time, someone asked if I'd teach and I said, I'm not sure. And then the first class I took, it booked out in half an hour. And then so I had all these people. And whenever I feel the balance between like a healthy challenge and what I love, then it seems to always work. And you kind of know by the feedback you get straight away, that's what you should be doing. If I ever pull back and have fear or I try and repeat the same thing, out of fear then I'll have no one come like there's plenty of workshops and classes I've done where I've had zero people and there's other workshops I've done where I've had you know 350 people and so it's always a good measure it's also a good measure to how my energy is like if I've been overworking and I'm stressed and I'm overtired the numbers will gradually disappear because inside I don't really want to do it because I haven't looked after myself. And the more I'm full and I'm doing it, I don't care what the outcome is. It just happens automatic. So I think it's always a good, you just always have to check in and there's opening and closing times. And the close is just as important as the open. I think we're always pushing for more and more and more. But if you allow yourself to close and close early, then you build those
0: reserves and come back. yeah it makes completely sense let's think about people that like to join into breaking right now how should they start should they watch youtube videos uh should they should they go ahead and find somebody to do breaking with? what would you give them it depends on the location at the moment obviously
1: whether they're in lockdown yeah. Like that. I'd say check out some YouTube things, and I'd check out the B Boy Dojo. There's a school in Finland run by this guy Focus and his awesome team, and they offer like different programs. And I'm doing a teachers education program at the moment. One of the first times that there's been like a breakers teachers education. So I'd check out the B Boy Dojo in Finland. You can check out how to learn online, and then from there I would find the local dancers in your hometown and meet up with them because you learn so much from the physical presence. I used to do these classes called osmosis and osmosis is like the learning of being present with someone. So when you hang around someone that's really good at something, you naturally get better at that thing just by being in their presence. So a lot of the times people don't go to workshops because they feel like, I already know how to do those moves. Whereas I'll go to those workshops because you're learning about the person and the teacher, regardless of what they're teaching. And that's where you're getting like the masterful skills. So I would learn how to be a masterful student. If you learn how to be a masterful student, then you know, you're set. You also become a masterful teacher as well.
0: So I want to ask you, do you have a favorite song to break to? I do.
1: So it changes from time to time, depending what you're on. And it's Rock On by the Fenderheads, Heads, uh, an old school CD from Battle of the Year 2003. So Battle of the Year is this competition that happens in Germany every year. And all the countries around the world do a showcase and then they battle. So that's like the Battle of the Year. But I Also, like to say Happy Mother's Day to my mum. It's in Australia. It's Mother's Day today, Sunday the 8th of May. Yeah, get that in there.
0: Yeah, Happy Mother's Day. So how is the process of deciding what song you are going to use, for example, in the Olympics? I mean, you need to be creative. You need to put everything together. How are you preparing for this? Are you picking the song first or are you doing the movements first?
1: That's a good question. Um, So we could compare it to the gymnastics judging system. So, you know, in gymnastics, have a run and each move is worth a certain amount of difficulty. So say they did a a routine and the potential points they could get is 9.7. So the judges are watching out before they know what they're going to do and they know how to judge. But with breaking, it's the opposite. So we don't know what we're going to do on the day because it's it's in response to each other. So in the breaking thing, there'll be this person versus this person. And you respond to each other. That's what makes the battle. And the DJ will be playing music. And we just have to respond to what the music is. So it's on the spot. You've got to be the fittest person. You've got to be the most artistic. You've got to be original. And you've got to do it all on the spot. But what are you doing
0: if the DJ plays music you really don't like?
1: You just have to go.
0: (laughs) You just start spinning. You just spin. (laughs) I like it.
1: Normally break beats. Like normally it's to break beats. So it's normally that. So if you follow the drum and you improvise to that, then that's good. But if you get a song you really like, then maybe it has some vocals and things like that and you can play and make it more fun. Yeah. But as long as you follow that beat, even if you don't really like the song, but sometimes <laughs> it really does throw, throw you off. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, cool, cool if you want to create a known show and you want to have it like really, really great and in a a sense maybe a little bit rigid but not completely rigid of course what would you do first? Would you think about hey, I'm choosing these kind of songs and so on and then you would uh, start to improvise and uh, think about something and see what fits or would you go ahead and and think about like oh yeah, you know what I'm putting in this move and this move is cool and this move and I really need to have them together and uh, then you pick out the music
1: nice well you could do it either or depending on your style i'd like to go with the music first and then I, a music and a length so it's like say the job is a five minute performance or a one minute performance pick the song I really like pick one minute and then I get a start and an end and I just get some landmarks in between there so how do you come onto the stage and how do you leave the stage then you've got two points to work with the more you can create those restrictions and those block points then the easier it is to formulate things um I might go through the song and listen to the different instruments so I might freestyle to the drums and then I might freestyle to the guitar and I might freestyle to the vocals and I'll write like um which part's the most exciting part of the song um how does the song change up and down like does the start slow go high and then finish on a bang or does it just gradually go down or does it gradually go up and finish on a peak yeah so it depends on what the story is that i want to tell as well or sometimes i like to just freestyle so i have a thing called the five items freestyle Uh where i'll ask um the audience to give me five different items and i place them around the stage and then i just have to pick them up throughout the performance so it's a improv which is pretty fun because then the audience is there with you you know what i mean they can feel the
0: you're in it together like provides the danger <laughs> yeah lovely lovely there was one more question i wanted to ask you about uh, like the university was there a lot of storytelling involved when you went to this dance university so did you learn about storytelling there or did you learn that on your own
1: i think you learn it through dance the more different dance you do in theatre. It's something that you pick up and then you break it down and you watch and you're like, oh, what makes this good? What? Because in the end, it's the connection with the people that makes things interesting. Like It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you can create that connection, that's what people relate to. People don't relate to someone doing some crazy thing that they could never achieve. But if you do that crazy thing they could never achieve and you connect it to something that connects to them, then you're bridging that gap. And that's the job of an artist, I think and storytelling as far as learning and teaching goes i think the stories is what inspires us to practice you know like whether that storytelling is watching a movie and you see some cool kung fu or you see like a superhero or something like that those stories are what get us to develop and you know be free be creative and reach our next level
0: lovely you're also a coach so if people want to get in connection with you how can they do that
1: um it's actually the first time i'm taking a break from a break from teaching for 18 years oh 19 years i've been teaching for 19 years and i'm taking a break now to just focus mm-hmm. on my training what i'm doing instead of movement is a um project called human gardening hobart so that's uh using the skills that you talked about before with the presence and just helping people to find out what they want to do so it's kind of like live coaching and okay. what i'm working on at the moment is a, a freestyle dance course so a course of people that like free-form dancing and giving them different pillars of creation so you can find me on the nourishing nomad um that course should be done in about six weeks i reckon and yeah if you ever just want to ask me a question though anyone out there that you just you can feel free to send me one or i'm happy to meet up with you if you come to town but yeah taking a break from the teaching until at least another few months i think
0: so dear friends definitely go ahead and follow the Nourishing Nomad on Instagram if you want to get a little bit more uh, into contact with him and definitely also next time he's around with his food cart probably in some some years uh, check him out and get grab some wonderful food and do some acrobatics with him he's a wonderful teacher don't miss out this was Hellskill podcast we are leveling up your health skill, and that's it